Welcome, everybody, to the American Space Museum. Grab some rocket fuel. I'm Mark Marquette, and I'm going to help you stay curious today. Got Marty Winkle behind the board, and we've got a nice little show. A lot of things going on the Space Coast today. We've got an afternoon launch at 449 of a SpaceX rocket off pad 40, uh, thir, uh, 40, I'll pad 41A, 39A. Uh, Marty's correcting me, my... Uh, my, my partner in crime here for the last year and a half, bringing you Stay Curious. Marty's running the board. Jessica Galloway, our Trekkie Techie, has almost turned it over to us two old men here. She's taught us so well. We're very grateful to her, and you'll see a lot of her through our Stay Curious year this year. But uh, we've got a, a launch of some uh, Starlink satellites, and those of you on the Space Coast, they're going straight east because Elon Musk's constellation of Starlink communication satellites, he's going to fill in another, another layer of that, if you will, there. So anyway, we're all glad that you're with us today. I've got behind me our beautiful... Now, my phone's going off here. Let me take care of that. Doggone it. I thought I'd turn that off. Sorry about that. Behind me here is a gorgeous view of our shuttle gallery, part of it there, where we have a model that was made to show Richard Nixon 50 years ago what the, the whole system was going to look like. Just not Nixon, but all the politicians, contractors, and so forth. This is actually probably from 70, 1970 or 71, because on the... Uh, uh, January 5th, 1972, President Nixon directed NASA to build the space shuttle and sent a $5.5 billion bill to Congress that they approved in April, and the rest is history. But that was all going on 50 years ago, and so hard to imagine uh, for people like Marty that were in the program and so forth that it was that long ago. But over my shoulder here are some gorgeous... Um, these were on the hatch of the uh, white room, on the hatch of the orbiters. These are the last three little banners they put on those hatches, signed by the crew and the closeout crew, led by our my friend and yours, Triple T Thompson, who will be here tomorrow to share tales of the white room. In fact, that's Triple T over there uh, putting Leland Melvin uh together up in the, the white room to the lower right there. So we'll have time to look at that photograph later, but everything in our wonderful nonprofit, the American Space Museum, has a reason for being here. We have the paperwork that shows that this is a contractor's model to show politicians. In fact, it sat out front of the offices at Kennedy Space Center of the director's office, the secretary sitting right where I am saying, you know, who you want to see when, let's see your badges and clearance and all that stuff. So that's what we love about our wonderful nonprofit that is the arm of the U.S. Space Walk of Fame Foundation that, of course, built Space View Park. That's filling up as we speak right now, Marty, with a lot of people going to see a beautiful afternoon launch of a of a rocket. And, you know, we decided not to haul our equipment and, and bust our necks to bring those things to you. We'll bring you a few down the line here. But um, uh, it, it's sort of, uh, we know they're popular, but there's other outlets you can watch at that they look a lot better. But what we want to talk about today, and we're so excited about, is that we have the James Webb Telescope is, boy, over halfway done with unfurling things. And what you're looking here is what you can follow at the James Webb website, okay? Uh, this is the timeline of things going on. They're in the middle. You see they can they have an icon of what it looks like. And we are on day uh, number 
12, and the secondary mirror has been deployed, the sunshade with over 150 mechanisms that had to be unpinned and go right. Worked beautifully. So it's unfurled to shield the telescope uh, from the sun because as you see the temperatures on the left and right, the hot side and the cold side, it is minus 325 degrees on one part and minus 250 on the other. And it has to operate for its optimum science in this cold range in there. C completely physics uh, to, to us laymen out there. I don't even pretend to understand everything about this. But uh, the secondary mirror catches the light from the primary mirror and then sends it to all the instrumentation. So that's been deployed, and now they're going to start deploying those, those 18 gigantic segments that look like a stop sign uh, and fit them together. And uh, after all that happens, we're going to have uh, on about the 18th an astronomer from uh, uh, Florida Institute of Technology, uh, Eric, um, forget Eric's last name, but he's going to be our astronomer in residence to, to update us about all this next week to help you all stay curious. So you can follow this. I've been following it, all the data there. It's, it's uh, how far out is it? It's about um, uh, 623 million miles from Earth. All right. So that is about three times the distance of the moon, and it's going to move out to a little boy on four times the distance of the moon. Hmm? How far away? Well, I'm looking there from Earth, so I'm gotten, uh, uh, yeah, 623,120 miles. You're looking for 306 million. Oh, okay. Thank you for correcting me there. No, it's going to be a little over a million miles from the Earth at what they call the Lagrange point. It has nothing to do with the song by ZZ Top, by the way, but we love throwing ZZ Top into Stargate or, or Stay Curious anytime we can. Well, we got a little space history for you today, of course, to mash up with the modern-day history. On this date in 1959, January 6th, the Mercury Spacecraft Heat Protection Shield was a big meeting by NASA. They had two plans to consider, one a beryllium seat hank and the other an ablation shield. They chose the ablative shield here. Ablative shield consists of a layer of plastic resin, the outer surface of which is designed to be peeled away as it heats up on the reentry coming in uh, as it hits the Earth's atmosphere. That friction, just like rubbing your hands together, creates tremendous amount of heat up to two or three thousand degrees. And there you see the streaks on Mercury on the the Mercury uh, capsule that Wally Schirra rode to space, Mercury Atlas Eight, and uh, Wally called his spacecraft Marty Sigma, right? Yep, he called it Sigma and because uh, he wanted a scientific uh, name for his vehicle because it did a lot of science. And uh, there it is. I forgot to note where this spacecraft is at. So I'll bet maybe Robert Law or Dean Salzwittle, Christopher Mick, maybe Dave Stang out there in Michigan knows where Wally Shiraz capsule is. Uh, I failed to make a note of that, and I don't recognize uh, it around there. Hmm, I'm going to guess that it's... Uh, could be a Kennedy Space Center or Johnson. Anyway, we're so grateful for all of you out there watching us on Facebook Live. Some of you have got your giant TV watching it on YouTube. We appreciate that. Twitch is another video outlet. 
And we're so grateful that our Trekkie Techie Jessica Galloway's got us now audio on Google, Spotify, and Apple. So please comment on those platforms for us and let, let us know how you like the show and how we're coming across to you all out there, particularly those audio ones out there, as I got a big sign in front of me that says, be descriptive, okay, uh, for our audio fans out there. And we're looking at the 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 uh, bell-shaped uh, inverted bell of the uh, Mercury rocket with the shield on it where you see the streaks coming off of it where the, the ablative shield had worked, done its job. And definitely this is the most important part of any mission is coming back alive. And this was such an important part of the Mercury program. And it is six feet across, all right? And I mentioned that because uh, this ablative shield were used on Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, and are currently used by SpaceX Dragon and will be used on the Orion spacecraft. And here's the Orion spacecraft with a technician there at Kennedy Space Center when it arrived to be mated to the Orion. And take a guess at the size of that gentleman, Marty, how with a six-foot diameter single-person Mercury, how, how uh, they want to get six people in Orion. How, how far across are you going to guess that is, Marty? 24. 24, and not quite, 16 feet. Good guess there, though. It's 16 feet across, uh, and uh, the Mercury capsule, would it would be basically right in the center in there. So, uh, Keith Sowell, thank you. Marty just handed me that you used up another 234 stars at a penny apiece to put in our coffers. And uh, believe you me, we do get a little check from uh, Facebook about on your stars. Thank you, Keith. And you're on my radar to get involved with our astronomy programs here. In our, uh, uh, he is an astronomer that's teaching at a community college here. Has a fabulous shop. That's what I want to talk to you about, Keith. He's cobbling together some of our old telescopes from the Brevard Astronomical Society. So thank you very much, sir. He lives here in Titusville. We saw a, a person from Romania, Marina Christ, Christ, K-R-I-Z-S-T. It lives in Bristrita, Romania. And Mariana, I've actually been to Bucharest, Romania. I was there for a month at the World Population Conference as a young man following that for a newspaper and the Associated Press. I want to say hi to Tom Celentanto. Uh, uh, Tom recently retired, and all he does now is is watch uh, our program and correct me when I'm wrong, and I appreciate that, Tom. Tom Silentano watching us. Chris Cowley, thank you. One of the most famous artists alive of space genre. His dad, uh, Paul, also uh, did uh, was one of the first space artists at Kennedy Space Center. Chris, thank you for watching, and you stay curious. People will be enjoying a program from Chris when he can work it out on one of his visits here at the Space Coast. So, Love all of you there. Diana George, thank you for watching. She's one of my Cocoa Beach Chamber of Commerce partners. Well, also in the house, uh, oh, Marty, where, 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 we had the, uh, what happened to the PBS guys? Did I back them up? Nope, they disappeared in there. Maybe they'll pop up in our cast here. But we got four birthdays today. We're going to tell you about PBS being in the house wanting to do a documentary. They are doing a documentary on the people of Apollo. Uh, happy birthday. We've got four astronaut birthdays on January 6th, representing four countries. All right. So first, we've got Guy Gardner from America. 
We've got the Brit Michael Fole, and we've got French astronaut Felipe Perrin and Canadian space traveler David St. Jacques. David is 51. Uh, a Canadian space traveler, Felipe Perron, is 59. Uh, Michael Fole is a dual American citizenship. And Guy Gardner is, uh, how old's Michael? Michael is uh, 65. And Guy Gardner is 74. And we'll talk about Guy here first. He was born in Alta Vista, Virginia, grew up in the Alexandria, Virginia area. He's an Air Force officer, holds the rank of colonel. He was flying combat missions over Vietnam when Marty was in a Sikorsky helicopter for the Marines. Hoorah uh, to both you guys uh, the, uh, for our service to our, our country. Uh, pilot on two shuttle missions, uh, STS-27 uh, and 88 and 35 in 1990. 27 was a very dangerous mission that almost didn't come back be- because of the uh, heat, uh, the tile damage underneath. So, a uh, great guy. Uh, uh, he got out 19, well, he was there 27 after Challenger and then 35, and then retired. And 13 days in space, happy birthday for 74-year-old Guy Gardner. And there's Michael Full, born January 6, 1957, in Loth, Lincolnshire, England. And I'll bet that Hazel Seacack Banks has been there because she loves traveling around the world. Hi, Hazel. Thanks for staying curious. And uh, he is a, a British and American astrophysicist, veteran of six missions, Michael Full, F-O-A-L-E. He is the only NASA astronaut to have stayed on extended missions on the Mir Space Station and the International Space Station. Imagine that. I would love to meet him one day and hoped to to do so. He has 374 days in space and four EVAs totaling 16 hours. He had an EVA in the Mir Space Station and also was on the Hubble mission, uh, a repair mission 103. Now, when Fole was on the Mir Space Station, that is when the Progress resupply vessel crashed into the Mir space station. And this was so close to being a fatal disaster. But the, where it hit was the American section. Well, we, we didn't have an American. The Spectre, I think was the name of it, that we put up there. The Russians let us put up there where he was living. Okay. So it decompressed. Now, as I understand, Marty, decompression on a space station, it's not sucking everything out within 30 seconds. It's a slow process, even if the hole's kind of big, uh, because Mir was, was pretty big, about two buses in size. Space station's about six school buses in size or more. So, uh, But what they did was they sealed it off. All these cables are going in to every, all these compartments, so they had to... Uh, disconnect those cables and seal it off really with just so, sort of a cover and then then they were safe but what was inside there was literally his toothbrush his pajamas his his creature comforts of home his photos of his family all that stuff was in there because he had to find a new place to sleep uh, eventually they did a uh, eva but they never fixed it and kept that compartment closed why did the progress ship crash because the cosmonaut was doing a manual docking with like a, oh, Game Boy, Game Box type system 
because he would get a bonus if it was a successful docking, all right? He could have let it done remote-controlled, and the progress might have done right, but uh, the cosmonaut was trying to do that because cosmonauts were paid bonuses based on how they performed on their spacewalks and other duties in space. So uh, there's a lot of crazy stories of Russian cosmonauts doing things to get an extra buck from Roscosmos, uh, their agency. Uh, and the full left uh, when full left the Mir space station David Wolf replaced him on STS 86 and the rumor is that NASA administrator Daniel Golden only made the decision for full to stay up on the space station the night before the launch he was going to go up there and come back anyway uh, on a 12-day mission if he didn't stay up there uh, so this was because of some politics and wondering if it was really safe after full came back after that uh, uh, almost uh, could have been worse than it was crash of the Progress resupply vehicle. Uh, in fact, Full uh, used stars because he's an astrophysicist. He made calculations of how the stars were moving past his fixed thumb uh, reference in a window to tell Russian ground control how to stop the resulting roll of Mir from this crash. So something in space history maybe we'll revisit on, on Stay Curious, but uh, that's why I like David Fole a lot there in an M1 tank, being trained by Travis Thompson, no doubt, uh, how to escape a shuttle. And happy, uh, by the way, Fole 65. I wonder if they have a 65 Medicare in, in, in Britain. Have to ask Hazel about that, Marty. The next birthday up is Felipe Perron. Perrin. He was born uh, January 6, 1963 in Minsk, Morocco, but he considers Avon province to be his hometown in France. And he's logged 13 days in space, was on STS-111, and then he uh, 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 his one-and-done mission, and he continues doing robotic uh, robotics, teaching, and so forth like that. Uh, so happy birthday to this uh, Frenchman. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And David St. Jacques, no, he's not an actor. Boy, he certainly is, looks pretty handsome. Uh, not that I have a man crush on him, anybody there. But a good-looking guy there, and he is an active astronaut for the European Space Agency as part of Canada's Space Agency. He has spent 204 days in space participating in the International Space, space, space Station expeditions of 57 58, and 59 in 2019. So he's ready to go back to the space station, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, watching him maybe launch off pad 39B on a SpaceX Crew Dragon one day, hopefully. So happy birthday to our astronauts. We love them. They are among us in our communities doing wonderful things. 335 astronauts were launched on the space shuttle alone. And we don't delve into the cosmonauts too much of their birthdays, but but they, of course, uh, have had another couple hundred cosmonauts go to space. So, And Marty's got a couple notes from me. Dave Stang says Sigma 7 is on display at KSC. Okay. Oh, that's right. It's displayed on a redstone rocket. All right. So the, and uh, uh, that is, but they specifically say that, all right, because Werner von Braun wanted that redstone rocket to be for Alan Shepard's orbital flight. Uh, so it's on an Atlas rocket. 
It's on an Atlas rocket. That's what I mean. He says it's displayed without a Redstone rocket. And they've kind of uh, 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 Frankenstein that display there. But thank you, Dave Stang. Hope your winter coat's serving you well. And uh, Keith Sowell just mentions that his shop's open to all Brevard Astronomical Society members who watch our program here. So uh, we'll get in there and do some stuff in there. So uh, Jessica just threw me the peace sign there because she's been helping us do an ad for a local publication there. Thank you, Jessica. And uh, she's kind of flipped out that these two old men can do this by, their, by ourselves now, but we need her. And she's, she's just right away there. So thank you, Jess. Anyway, I thought it'd be fun to, we talk a lot about our museum and uh, the Space Walk of Fame Foundation, uh, how we started with the handprints of astronauts. And then in that office where they took a hundred bucks from space workers to put their name on a pylon to immortalize them in Space View Park, people would come in that office and say, you know, I retired, I don't want this stuff, or my dad died, or my mom's uh, moved, and, and she gave us all this stuff that we found. And there's gold in them now, our uh, boxes, for sure. And that's how our museum started. And, and incredibly, things like this this display behind me was, was uh, I'm not sure if it's on sort of permanent loan from KSC, but uh, Nick Enix, our collection manager, he sorts all that out. So I thought it'd be fun to show you a little behind the scenes of, not behind the scenes, show you our gallery. And so let's pop up there, get away from him and show you inside here is looking in our Apollo gallery as you enter it. And over on the left-hand case, we've got an Artemis uh, Orion uh, uh, rocket, the SLS rocket in a case, and Orion there. And what you're looking at is a spacesuit, an Artemis white spacesuit with the full bubble helmet that does not have the snowsuit, I call it, micrometeorite protective uh, uh, that they wear over them. They wear some, there's actually an, an, an two spacesuits. One is more, this is the spacesuit, it's a hatchback that they can open up like the Orlon suits of Russia and jump in there. The American suits have two torsos, uh, the upper torso and a leg torso that's connected at the waist. This is the new generation uh, that uh, uh, Gary Harris, our local spacesuit maker, actually built this, cobbled this together in his dining room. And boy, was his wife glad that he wanted to loan it to us to get it out of her dining room. But it's an Artemis demonstrator that he used to show NASA and other technicians of how to build the next generation spacesuits. And the mannequin we have behind there has a tan copper kind of looks like casual clothes on it there. And that was worn by Bob Crippen in the SMEET, the uh, test of the atmospheric test of the Skylab atmospheric tests that they recreate all conditions as if you're in space in a, the space lab. And Bob wore that in a 28-day test on the ground uh, of the uh, Skylab. And that was before he became the shuttle astronaut and rode STS-1 to orbit with the late John Young. In that console you're looking at, yes, that has launch room on it there and uh, the back of it, because we got it out of a launch room, and that is an Apollo-era control panel there that Bob Seek said he sat beside many, behind many times. Bob Seek is our—he used to be our treasurer, and, of course, he launched 26 shuttles 
uh, in his time frame. No, actually, he lost over 56 shuttles. And we've had Bob on the show, and we're having him on in 2020 quite a bit because I talked to Bob that you're one of a kind legend guy, and we want you on here. And, and Bob's just a wonderful person. 2022? Yeah, we're in 2022. What did I say? 2026? 2020. Oh, 2020. Marty, you know we want to turn the clock back at, at our age here, but uh, we can't do it. And that tire you're looking at was not a flown tire, but it's a, it was one that was rejected for use. Uh, on the shuttle. It did make it to Kennedy Space Center. We know it wasn't flown because it doesn't have the skid marks uh, tread off of it there. So also, Marty, show them up there the models that we showed on Stay Curious uh, just the other day when we were talking about uh, yesterday. In fact, we were talking about President Nixon uh, directing NASA to start building the space shuttle. And these were early concepts of them that we have on top of a, a shuttle gallery there. And go over there to the lawn chair that was uh, flown back to space by Jack, by uh, um, Norm Thaggard. Yep, Norm Thaggard laid on that. It's just sort of a high-tech lawn chair. When he came back from the Mir Space Station, uh, a shuttle that I believe had eight people they brought back because they brought back six and a Russian and Thaggard, and the, they needed extra chairs. So they said, well, let's build a lawn chair for them to lay down in to help support them with the G-forces of re-entry. So. And we've got, this is just part of our gallery there. To the right is more of our Apollo display cases, the Grumman mural that we're proud to have and the Grumman uh, 1962 model. And we'll show you those on another day to help you stay curious. Here is a close-up of one of the control panels in a room that we're very proud of, our Cape Canaveral gallery that recreates what Launch Complex 36 looked like at the tip of Cape Canaveral there. That, is, that launch pad now is leased by Jeff Bezos. And you see, if you go out to the Cape Canaveral beaches and Cocoa Beaches, and you look to the north, you see a giant water tower and a bunch of lightning towers. That will be where the Blue Origin New Glenn rocket will be launched, hopefully the end of this year, if not sometime in the middle of the year. Actual equipment that was used to launch rockets you're looking at for more than 30 years. And we also have the button that was pushed by T.J. O'Malley, uh, one of the big legends out there, figuratively a big man out of Kenny Space Center in the early days. This was in a console like you just saw previously. It would be in a console like that. Uh, and uh, when... Some of our board members, like Lee Solid, that was at that launch, went to go think about, well, we need to save that button for history. Someone had already grabbed it, and by a whole bunch of stuff, we got it together. And by the way, that does incorrectly say the wrong Mercury capsule. It says MA7, and it was MA6. Uh, the typesetter of that in 1962 had it wrong. But the launch was February 20th, 1962. And that is the Mercury Atlas 6 was the, the show. And you said what? Oh, yeah. MA is Mercury Atlas. All right. Is what we launched four astronauts on. Glenn. Then we launched Scott Carpenter on uh, three orbits. And then Wally Schirra did six orbits. And then Gordon Cooper did a day in space, which I think was... 12 orbits or, or, or something like that. 
Great piece of history here that we're proud to show off in the American Space Museum. And our handprints, I've told you many times, is how we started. There are Sally Ride's handprints. Hers and Neil Armstrong's in the house are the most touched, and therefore the most uh, bronze has been moved away from, from her handprints there. And in the middle, we've got Eileen Collins and Kathy Sullivan, the first female uh, uh, American to walk in space. And, of course, Eileen Collins, the first pilot, she did that twice. The first commander, she did that twice. That was a female of a spaceship. Pam Melroy's the only one, that uh, another woman to command a spaceship. And uh, Eileen will be in town in uh, January 29th for the Grumman reunion that Marty Winkle, my friend and our, our co-producer here, is one of the people involved putting that together. And I'll probably take that little plate there and have Eileen uh, autograph it. We are her, her co-author of her book, Breaking the Glass Ceiling, Jonathan Ward. We're anxious to see Jonathan back uh, in the United States as he is a tour guide on um, one of the European uh, tours out there. Uh, I hate to say which one, but he does astronomy programs. And uh, a great friend of our museum, Jonathan, can't wait to get you back in the house and see you again. And here we have uh, one of our last shots here is showing you the shuttle console panels that were really used to fuel the space shuttle in the launch complex that is, of course, beside the vehicle assembly building. Kind of a nice shot there. Uh, the chairs were used there. All of these things are, are, are real, not replicas, but real things used uh, at Kennedy Space Center. And I took this shot purposely to show our, our uh, Hubble Gallery in the beautiful Cosmic Reef mural that uh, we won as part of a contest back two years ago on the 30th anniversary in April of shuttles launch. So, oh, there's the phone. Marty's pointing out the phone there uh, that you have right there, a, a, a landline phone. The, yep, didn't have cell phones back then, of course, so they had landline there. So take you on a little trip through our museum there. There's that, that line there. And we're so grateful that uh, you all do enjoy uh, our museum, many of you watching us on Stay Curious have been guests here, so please continue to do it. Uh, we've got Jeannie Lynn, who's uh, hopefully she's watching, one of Travis's friends. Uh, Apollo's son, Brian Morrison in Tampa Bay, we know that you're watching. George Triolis in Cyprus, that is in Greece. He's a frequent one in and out. Marty, we haven't heard from our friend Michael Gunzel in a while in Oregon. He's not flying in for the reunion, is he? Didn't ask Adrian you. Paddock. Uh, who? Adrian Paddock. AC and Paddock. Adrian. Oh, Adrian Paddock. Hello, Adrian. And Ophelia is in Normandy, France, or uh, Sutterall. And of course, Tom and Mark Usiak, we appreciate all that you've done for our museum already. They are excellent photographers that uh, want to embrace our museum. And uh, we have been talking and got a lot of plans going with all you shutterbugs out there at the Space Coast. We love all the work that you've done, and we're looking forward to displaying some of that around some of our Space Coast hotels for you. So, a few more names. Mike Oh, hi, Mike Killian. Mike is the managing editor of America and Space, 
And Mike, glad uh, that you're watching our program. We need to get you on here to stay curious. Mike is not only an excellent launch photographer, he is one of the world's premier aviation photographers. Dennis Scarborough. Scarborough. Dennis. 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 Bennett. Oh, Bennett Scarborough. Hi, Bennett. We've seen your name up there before. Thank you for staying curious. Michael Boyd. Michael Boyd. All right. Well, we're going to have... on Stay Curious next uh, tomorrow will be Travis Thompson with Tales from the White Room. And we're working on the PBS crew that's here to have them come on and tell you about the, the project that they're doing, a documentary on the people of Apollo. And we've certainly given them a an arms list of names of some of our people for them to talk to. And they've already started doing the interviews with our beautiful museum as a backdrop. So, Marty... Thank you for all that you've done there today. I'm going to scoot out of here. I've got to go to a stargaze in Melbourne with the city park that the Brevard Astronomical Society is doing. So I'm going to pull off the side of the road and watch that launch. And you'll have just enough time to go out there and watch it yourself with your grandson. So say hi to Aiden for me. And all y'all out there, we're so glad that you're staying with us on Stay Curious. Tell your friends to watch us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And... Those of you listening to us on Spotify, Google, and Apple, please let me know that I'm being descriptive enough for you. And we sure do appreciate everybody tuning on. So until tomorrow, I'm Mark Marquette saying on behalf of our museum, God bless you all, and we'll see you soon to bridge the space between us.